0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I saw the black cock.
1: Well, I I think I said that to everybody. Because everybody needs to see a black cock. It brightens their day.
2: I was going to say, I'm not even paying attention to anything. And I heard black cock. And I'm like, what? What are we talking (laughs) about? (laughs) You see what I mean? I
3: found a cookbook. And it's called 50 Ways to Eat Cock. And I was like... (laughs) you didn't think you didn't think that was kind of stupid
1: that's hilarious oh yeah so tiktok before we came in today i know this is not related to horror but we have to share it because we'll forget otherwise and you have to share the stuff that makes you laugh you have to i mean what else this world is total garbage half the time we have to share things that make us laugh Mm -hmm. so there's definitely bonnie tell tell about the tiktok well, I,
2: I found this tiktok because you know my i had talked about how my son introduced me to tiktok and i finally downloaded it to my phone and there's this chick on there and her name is Haley morris and she's a british chick she is so fucking hilarious her Ew. stuff she like does like skits between herself and her different body parts and they're just they're hilarious because you can't tell me that in your brain you haven't had these same conversations with yourself because i totally have and Mm -hmm. um she's just like one of them she's talking about you know she has to poop but she's over at her boyfriend's house and
3: that's my favorite one i know and say
2: that and and (laughs) she hasn't been going out with him for very long so she doesn't want to like make it obvious that she's gone to the bathroom and uh, she clogs up the toilet, and it's like her whole inner dialogue. Well, first it's dialogue. like, first, it's,
1: first she's like, the brain is like, make a nest, and then you can catch it before it hits the water. <laughs> and so she she makes a nest, and uh, um, then she flushes it down, and she's all excited that she accomplished it, and then the toilet gets clogged up. She's she's
3: like, you told me to make a nest! <laughs> you used the whole rule. She's just sitting on the couch, mind her own business, and all of a sudden poop comes out, and it's like, hey, we gotta come out right now. And she's like, No, no. Wait till we get home. And Poop is like, I cannot. <laughs> <It's> so great. <laughs> and she's and like I mean... saying to Poop, She's like, come out quietly. And it, it Poop's like, nah, I don't
1: think so. But the funniest part is is she's got um her she dresses differently for each one of these little skit characters and the poop is her in this black hoodie with this with the hoods. <laughs> like tight around Singed her tight head so it
2: looks like a butthole yeah
1: <laughs> and every once in a while she'll pop out <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny she's working out
2: her vagina
3: she's... is like her in like a bald cap yeah well yeah.
2: in some of them it's her in in a curly black hat
3: in yes, some of the, the earlier on ones
2: of... yeah the
1: bald hat was one where she was shaving dry shaving over the sink yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I told Bonnie we need to have her on the show, but the only problem with that is we don't know if she's a reader. I think we need to see if
2: we and can get her. And you know she's her.
3: in the UK. Who cares? <laughs> we'll we'll
2: we'll get up early. We'll make it work. Yeah, she's she's freaking hilarious. She's one that if I'm like completely bored at work and I can't focus and I just need like a little 30-second break, a little something something, I'll like watch mm-hmm. one of her TikToks because it's just <laughs> so funny. But then I watch one and then I end up watching like three because they're that yeah funny.
1: And Keith will provide a link for you on our website so that you can click on it and see it for yourself. I like Facebook because all of my old friends are on there and I look and see what's going on with them and then I can be done looking at that and then I could go back to my book. The book is the only thing that matters. To me no, and your family. and Well, yeah, my friends. <laughs>
2: Nothing else, just the book. I didn't want you to seem like crazy.
1: <laughs> I am crazy. I'm really obsessed I only reading. want books. Books. But you know
2: what? And I know this is going to be completely sacrilege to you. But sometimes oh when gosh. I read all day long, I need a break from the book. I need to watch some social media, or I need to listen to some music or something for just a little bit. Unless it's if a Kenfolder book.
1: Yeah. Say, if I'm just, tired, reading just will make me sleepy. Yeah. I just choose a different book. Mm-mm. I always have two or three I going, depending on what my mood book. is.
2: I can't finish a book and start one immediately. I can. I have to give myself like half a day in between or something, because I just... It's hard for me to get invested right after I've gotten out of a relationship. Okay, I need some healing time. And I'm just a
1: whore. I go right from one to another. Absolutely no breath.
2: One after book another. Whore. Book whore. That's me. I am. Nice. That should be
1: on a shirt. I need I a shirt that shirt. says book whore. Mm-hmm. Martha Steele, yeah. ravenous book whore. <laughs> Speaking of ravenous <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Bonnie. <laughs> speaking of ravenous monsters, this is October. And October da, da, da. means scary reads. Yep. Now, we were just talking earlier about what the definition is of a scary read. It's not necessarily all horror because <laughs> horror is different to different people. Some people can't take a true gory horror story Yeah,
2: and I, I would much rather a thriller than it to
1: be gory I don't like the gory so you got a human monster and you got an alien monster and you got a ghosty monster and you got a vampire or some other kind of monster and then you got slashers it's like all of these different categories of things that could be considered in my mind um, a part of October's scary reads human monsters are the
2: scariest Yes, in some cases they are. I could not reach. I could not read like Rachel all the time. Couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, Rachel, you you tend to go for the really scary people in your books.
2: I would need therapy if I
0: read those books all the time. Maybe it all just cancels itself out in my head. Maybe I like the drama. I or don't know.
2: Maybe it's just your it's your five year plan. You're going to get everyone reading these horrific true crime novels, and then you're going to have more business
1: as a therapist. That's really kind of a
2: Maybe, good
0: point, but I don't recommend the books to, to my patients. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: but, but we, as your as your people and the podcast as listeners, might need therapy after reading the books you recommend.
0: So it is a yeah. part of the five year plan. Well, it could be that, or my five year plan is to murder everyone that I know and get away with it. Yeah,
2: She's just, she just she makes
0: secret notes. Mm-hmm.
2: This is what I can do I mean, to get rid of a body. Does anybody I have to get not my
0: computer for a reason? <laughs> you want to talk about a monster okay abby oh she's discuss- not yeah. a i'm sorry i'm talking about you no but she drew one into the yard a couple weeks ago <gasps> a monster so it's nighttime tom is not home and we have a we have a motion sense light but it only stays on for 90 seconds right mm-hmm. well we've had baby rabbits in the yard but they've yeah. dispersed right but Just after they kind of dispersed, they had come back into the yard, I guess one night or something Well, she she kind of flushed one out because she wants to play with them, right? So it's nighttime. I'm hollering at her to come back in. She's trying to play with this baby bunny. And so the bunny starts screaming, right? Oh, dear God. Because it's like, I don't want to (laughs) play. Like, leave me alone. But as I'm heading to the other side of the yard to go get her and make her come back in because she won't listen because she's, there is a Fox (gasps) that hears this because there is nothing behind our house. And there are wild animals back there, big cats, foxes, coyotes. And so just before this light sensor goes off, I see something jump on top of the fence. And I was like, Fuck. So (laughs) I, I'm, and I'm halfway, I'm away from the sensor. So I have to run back and flip the sensor again. And then there it is just like staring at me. And I was like, crap. And so, and Abby, of course, she doesn't see it. She doesn't care. She's playing with the bunny, and the Fox wants the rabbit and, and it's not going anywhere. And I was like, shit. And so she starts running back towards where the Fox is because that's the way the bunny's going. And I was like, so I run and like scoop up her 40 pound ass and come to find out she's soaking wet too, because apparently the neighbors run their sprinklers 87 times a day and it like (laughs) creates a pond. So I'm yelling at Abby, like trying to hold her up. She's sopping wet. This bunny's screaming and the fox is watching the whole thing. And Tom gets home like 10 minutes later. And I'm like, who the hell are you? You're damp and shaking. I mean, I know. He's, like, he's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, tell you how it's going. <laughs> and meanwhile, Abby's just like, wow, why are you so like riled up? And I was like, well, you almost died and you have no clue. So <laughs> oh, God. but never. And then Tom luckily tells me this after he gets home, he goes, Lisa wasn't a coyote. I heard them out howling the other night. And I was like, Great, thank you. That yes, I feel so much better that it was only one monster and not a different monster. (laughs) I've never seen a fox that close up. Really? Really? Oh Mm. no, it was crazy. So close. And it was not it was not backing down. And I'm pretty sure that baby bunny was no longer in our yard the second I went inside. Oh maybe it was just hungry and needed a snack.
3: Poor bunny.
0: Sorry. I think the bunny
3: baby bunny cries.
0: They scream, uh, yeah, it's really—it's the
3: nastiest freaking sound I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. yeah, and so you have the thing screaming. It's pitch black outside, and then the fox jumps up. So my brain—that
3: just... <laughs> <laughs> is like a worm That's what, terrible. What's the,
0: the
1: TikTok girl's name? Here comes the poop. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Morris,
2: <And> I'm,
0: <laughs> right? My whole thing is, is I'm saved. I have to save my dog because she's an idiot. <laughs> she has no self preservation skills.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little of- <laughs> freaky when like the coyotes are really close to your yes. house, and because mm-hmm. when I used to have a house when I was married, it was kind of, you know, there was nothing behind us but cow pastures, and the coyotes would get really close, mm-hmm. and you would hear them, yep, and yep, 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 they would be yep, like. It sounded like they were right in your backyard, which it might've been because, you know, there was a bunny, had a bunny, wanted that
0: rabbit. When they're on the scent of something, they almost kind of scream too. When my sister was younger, she was taking our, our lab out and our pug, but the lab always went first. Well, she opened the back door and there was a huge coyote standing right there. Oh, And. So the, our lab, Homer, takes off into the dark, chasing it. My sister's like, what do I do? Like, and she hears yipping and growling and biting and a cry. And she's like, oh, my God, Homer's dead. Well, he comes trotting back in. He's got blood on him, but it ain't his. So he took care of that and coyote. He, he did. But I was like, oh, my God, I what do you do? You just open the door mm-hmm. and there's this coyote standing there staring at you like, all right. Well, it was a good run, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you got any
1: any scary monsters like that in your book, Vonnie? No, no. No coyotes
2: or foxes Bummer. in my book. Ugh. I don't even think this family has a pet, which is probably a good thing. So this week I read A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. I enjoyed this book more than what I actually thought I was going to. The way that the synopsis read, it's kind of read almost like a YA book. And I think that's because it's told from the perspective of an eight-year-old. The writing is a little naive, but that's because it's written from an eight-year-old perspective. It starts kind of like current time. The eight-year-old who's telling the story is a grown-up, and she's being interviewed by somebody who is writing a book regarding her story. And she also works as a, like a blogger, I think. So you find out very quickly that the house that she grew up was the setting for an exorcism and her whole family is dead but you're not really sure why because it starts kind of like at the end of the story but you don't know why these things happened and when she starts telling her story it goes back to when she was eight years old and her sister was 14 and you find out that her sister starts hearing voices And almost like has demons inside of her head and they won't leave her alone. And she goes to like a special doctor that Mary, who's the eight-year-old, doesn't understand exactly what a psychologist is. And um, it kind of goes from there. The dad, like after they start having problems and Marjorie hears these voices and she's doing like these insanely crazy things and everything else and talking crazy, the dad like turns to the church and starts to get really religious and talks to the priest about Marjorie. And obviously then it goes into a demonic possession. You know, the dad thinks that she's possessed and the priest thinks that they should do an exorcism. Well, all of these... Things that are happening in all of these doctors and everything else that they're having to do and the medicine that they're trying to put Marjorie on, all of this costs money. And this family is very middle class and they very quickly start to go broke. So what they do to kind of try to earn money to try to give Marjorie the help that she needs is they... Agree to have their house be the setting for a a reality TV show that's centered on the family and centered on Marjorie's demonic possession. So then they have all of these, you know, cameras and the TV crew and everything else in their house filming what happens. And uh, some really freaky shit happens in this book. And I can't really say very much else without giving too much away. But I was a little surprised at what happened. I didn't see the ending coming. I mean, like I said, you already know that the whole family is going to die because it's very obvious at the beginning that Marjorie is the only person that survives this event that happens at her house when she's eight. But the way that they died, I did not see it coming. And, you know, truthfully, in specific parts of the book, it's hard to figure out whether she just has a mental illness or if she really is possessed by demons (laughs) because she does some pretty crazy stuff that makes you think there's no way a regular person can do this uh, let alone a 14 year old girl but yeah it was really good and i know that um i think that has this been talked about at the on the tribe
1: i thought Um. somebody had talked about it. Gosh, I
2: don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. It, oh, okay. I thought somebody told me that. Maybe.
1: Maybe while you were on that one time. or Well, when we were talking about what books we were going to...
2: But yeah, it was really good. I Like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more than what I thought I would. I would definitely give this a, a four and a half, a four, four and a half. I don't know if you'd really consider this a YA book. There's not a whole lot that a kid could not read. There is one um, <laughs> graphic... Masturbation scene that it probably wouldn't be really great for um, a young kid to read, and there's a lot of swearing
1: and manipulation in it. So I don't know. I don't think it's classified as YA. I think it's classified as an adult novel. Is it? I think okay. so. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Hmm. But yeah, it was. It was
2: pretty good, and like I said, it kept me kept me entertained. It's well written. Didn't really see. The ending coming the way it was. I thought something else was going to happen. Mary is very much a child in her eight-year-old self and the the telling of this book. And that was a little annoying in parts because not only is she an eight-year-old, she's a very dramatic eight-year-old who's trying to get attention from her parents because obviously with Marjorie hearing voices in her head and everything and everything else being so wrong... She gets a lot of the attention in the family. So then you have Mary, like, she decides one day that, you know, she's not going to talk anymore. So she makes up a bunch of signs to answer anything that everybody says because, <laughs> you know, it just crazy. That would drive me
3: crazy. Eight
2: year old
3: bullshit. Yeah. Yep.
2: Of an eight year old who's trying to get attention from her parents and tends to be a little over dramatic, anyways. So, There are parts of this that are a little annoying, but that's only because it's told from an eight-year-old's perspective. She is a kid that would drive you a little crazy. As an eight-year-old, I don't think I was that naive. Maybe I'm not thinking right, but some of the stuff she does is more stuff that like a six-year-old would do, I would say. I mean, it's difficult when you have somebody in the family who's getting the majority of the attention because they're sick. Who's possessed by a demon. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why she's not a little more traumatized by that when she's eight. I think that I would be if my, you know, I witnessed my sister crawling up the wall like she's a spider. But, you know, <laughs> who am I to say? Rachel going <laughs> to seen, it. Yeah.
1: I wish you could have seen the, the gesture that Rachel just <laughs> made. It was awesome. That's what this mm-hmm. month is all about. It's the heebie-jeebies. Oh, but for, was... for somebody who doesn't
2: like a super scary story i think this would be okay because it wasn't too much of a you know smack you in the face kind of thriller i mean there are
3: good i don't like being smacked on the face
2: by my book there's very (laughs) i kind of enjoy it (laughs) i'm kind of into that (laughs) smacked other places but there's definitely some kind of you know Oh, fuck moments in this book, but not really Mm. smack you in the face kind of stuff. So I think it would be good for somebody who's not doesn't want that heart stopping kind of
1: thrill. Uh, And just to add a little bit of explanation to that, I started reading it and stopped reading it because it wasn't for me. Yeah, because it wasn't scary enough. Ah, so. I was like, no,
2: I'm not doing that. And I really don't think that you would like this. I wouldn't because I,
1: I, already know I didn't like it because I started reading it and it. Just Even didn't, if you
2: kept with it, I don't yeah, think you would I don't have liked so. it. I don't think this would be really up your alley. But I think like Keith, Keith would probably like it. Megan might like I it. I like Demon Possession. I don't know if it's scary enough for Rachel. Rachel's pretty. Pretty much a thrill seeker, an adrenaline junkie when it comes to her scary books.
0: Yeah, although I will say, Bonnie, the the picture that her <laughs> sister crawling up the wall like a spider. Thank you for that nightmare. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. I was kinda, I read that part and I was like, she's fucking what? <laughs> but that was called a head full of ghosts by Paul Tremblay, and it was good. I definitely think. It didn't get very many stars in the, um, in the uh, library app Not for in some reason. Not in the library reason. app, but
1: on Goodreads it, oh, it di- was, I didn't yeah. look at Goodreads,
2: but. Cause,
1: and it gets recommended a lot in the, because you know me, I, I do a lot of, I read a lot of books in preparation for October, and because we've been doing the show for five years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of horror books. That's That's four books a week four weeks so 16
0: 16 horror-ish reads
1: every October
0: I recognize that author's name I maybe Paul, Paul Tremblay he's yeah.
1: he's written some other things as well and I couldn't get into those either the writing style is is not compatible with me clearly really I kind of liked his writing style I thought yeah. it was pretty good something about it I don't know what I know that that book particularly is on a whole shitload of the lists of great horror novels, and I don't... That's probably why I know yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so who's next? Rachel, you want to go next? Yeah. Okay. I can.
0: All right. So I'm going to be reviewing uh, 56 Days by Catherine Ryan Howard. I recently got this book from Book of the Month. I think it was a July Book of the Month, and actually all this month, my horror, thriller, mystery reads are going to be from Book of the Month. It's not sponsored by them, but I just really like the service. And I know a lot of our listeners do as well. And some of the other book girls like Book of the Month. So I thought that would be kind of cool. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I actually find some Book of the Month books at my local used bookstore as well. So I think that's kind of cool. So I have kind of a collection of them. But so this book is actually set in Dublin. And i I read part of the book, but I also listened to the audiobook because I love an Irish accent. <laughs> and oh, yeah, it was very well narrated, I will say. It follows primarily our two main characters. Now, if I were, when I look at the female lead character's name, I would pronounce it Sierra, but the narrator pronounces it Cara. So take that for you know whatever you will and then our male character is Oliver Um, and so most of the book is narrated by and I'll call her Kara since that's what the narrator said and Oliver and the some of it though is narrated by detectives as well and so each chapter tells you where we're at within a 56 day window so the story opens up with Oliver and Kara meeting each other and you know all of those kind of same things that happen when you meet somebody are is this going to turn into something do am I being foolish is it you know all these things going through your head but once you get to Oliver's narrative things look a little different and so really nobody's narrative is quite what it seems at least not in the beginning but shortly into their courtship shall we say the pandemic starts and yes oh. i mean this covid-19 pandemic oh, no. and yes it takes place during covid oh my god it already does. it does and so being that it's an early relationship and ireland has started to you know try some shutdowns i think we all probably remember what it was like early on in the pandemic when we were trying to figure out what's going on and how to stay safe um so oliver and kara decide to after n- only knowing each other for a few weeks oh no move in together for just just what they think is going to be two weeks right so because The reason that the two week timeline is there is because that is is what the government has said is, you know, everybody needs to quarantine for two weeks. We're gonna, you know, knock this thing out. Of course, we all know, you know, two years into Yeah, two years into this bullshit. We know that that was laughable. But anyway, um, the author did a great job, actually, though, of when you hear the characters. Their narrative about trying to figure out the pandemic stuff and the anxiety that they're feeling and the insecurity that I really related to kind of took me back to those early days. But the thing, you know, right off, though, is that by the time 56 days is up, somebody in that apartment is dead. Oh, that is the story jumps all over the place. Beginning, current time—I mean, everywhere within a fifty-six-day timeframe—and I can't—I ta- can't say too too much because there there is a lot of underlying um, story, especially since most of the the chapters come from inner dialogue, things like that. Um, but it was a really good read. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily super attached to any of the characters. I did feel like a little bit of the book could have been cut out. you know at sometimes it was kind of like, okay, we've talked about that a little. so but overall, I think it was a really good read. I did like that it had a bit more of a realistic ending with things. You still get your questions answered for sure, um, but it leaves a little bit open to interpretation. I will say that. So overall for me, I would give it a three and a half stars. I think this is the first book I've read related to the pandemic. And I know a lot of authors were, you know, people are kind of hit or miss. Like, I don't think we should be doing this or maybe it's time. But uh, she did a great job with it, I think. And so, again, that was 56 Days by Katherine Ryan Howard.
2: Awesome.
1: The immediate thing that you said when you're talking about, they said it was going to be two weeks. It made me think of... I know some people who, when the pandemic hit, they looked at the people that they were living with and went, "Nope, nope. not going to do it so, going home. Um, yeah. So there were some, there were a lot of relationships that ended because oh, people yeah. did not want to get stuck with the people they were with during the pandemic. Cause they, yeah, they knew and- they saw the writing on the wall and they just said, Nope,
0: this is not for me. I'm done. Yeah. And and that was one that was an interesting aspect of the book because they haven't really known each other that long. So it's it's Kara who moves into Oliver's place, but Kara doesn't get rid of her apartment. Right. Oh. So it's just like, okay, we don't want to have to lose connection. Let's see how this goes. Hopefully it's only this long. So and it, I think, at least for me, back in the early stages of all this, it's like, okay, let's hope it'll just kind of wrap up quickly. And you see a little bit of that hopefulness, but then, like Martha said, some of that realistic view came in of okay, this isn't going to just be two weeks. <laughs> like, um, so how do we combat that? And then, like I said, well, you can see form.
1: it was happening in China. I mean, anybody with half a yeah. brain knew it was not going to, you know, last yeah. two just
2: weeks. Just going to be yeah. two weeks. But but so. they had only known each other a couple of weeks, and they moved in because of the pandemic.
0: Well, so. The, Ireland was going to be going on a complete lockdown for right. two weeks. And I guess from, from their perspective, they're like, okay, we really want to see where this goes. And we don't feel like we can do that. If we're separated for,
2: they didn't want to do like zoom or FaceTime or whatever.
1: I guess not. If it's a new relationship, you know, and you're hopeful, and you know, you're horny, and all that stuff, I'm sure that's probably there were a lot of couples that did that who who just said, "I'd rather be for two weeks." Yeah, two weeks. I was like, "Yeah, I could do that." Two weeks weeks is a long time, depending on how much
2: sex
0: you're having. Yeah,
2: there are other components.
0: There are other components at play. Oh, okay. As to why. These decisions are made on both of their parts, but you don't know what those are when that decision is made. When the decision is made in the beginning of the book, you think it's, oh, because everybody's in love and we don't want to be without each other. But then as the story goes on. You start to learn more. hmm. Yes. yes. Gotcha. All right. So it
2: kind of starts out like a romance and then takes a turn. Takes a
1: sharp turn. Sounds like.
2: It
3: Mm. does. 56 days
1: isn't very long.
0: It's <laughs> what are you
1: talking about? That's longer it's than
2: not. most but of my you, relationships.
0: <laughs> that something isn't quite right. And it's like, but it takes a while to figure out what it is. Hmm. And then once it was more shocking than I thought it was going to be. And then, yeah, it was good. But like I said, I gave it a three and a half just because because I felt like a few areas went on a little bit more than they needed to, but not a huge deal.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Keith, what you got? I know it's not a romance because I forbade, I forbade romances this month. Except, now let me just reiterate this. There are, there's a whole facet of romances that are specifically like oh, vampire, ghost, yeah. paranormal romance is huge. <laughs> I mean, you got so, the whole vampire diaries. Yeah, that series. shit fits in to this month. So, I mean you have options here is all i'm saying
3: i did not read a romance there's no romance in this book although i think i think i'm messing up my brain because i kept i kept waiting for a romance to happen (laughs) (laughs) which was really dumb (laughs) they're gonna love each other in the end (laughs) it's all gonna turn around okay i think
1: (laughs) he's gonna put down the bloody axe
2: and take her up (laughs) in his
1: arms (laughs) that's not really that much blood is it i hour through.
3: <laughs> hour through. Exactly. So the book that I'm going to talk about this week is called The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. This book, first off, if you're a person who like doesn't like to read the blurbs on Goodreads because you're afraid it'll tell you something, the blurb on Goodreads is so hysterical because it tells you like nothing. It's so insanely vague. It says things like It's a story of a serial killer, but it's not. And it's a story of a stolen child, but it's not. And you'll think you know what's happening, but you don't. It's just all this stuff like, yeah, basically you're fucked. You're never going to figure it (laughs) out. Which instantly made me think, oh, I'll know. I'll figure it out. I didn't. It's told by four different narrators. The man that this book is about, his name is Ted he's very strange. He doesn't have attachments to anyone. I mean, he knows his neighbors to see them and he'll speak to them and stuff, but he lives in this house by himself. He doesn't have a job. Um, He drinks a lot. And when you hear him speak and you hear him giving the narration, it's almost like if you've read The Curious Incident of the Dog at Nighttime, it's a very stunted narration and he just goes on this weird stream of consciousness thing. And he, you're so happy when somebody else narrates. I'll put it that way because he's so confusing, but there are four different narrators. So at least every once in a while, you you get somebody who kind of makes sense. So yeah, he, he speaks very, he just narrates the story very strangely. And basically the thing that connects all the narrators is that 11 years ago, there's this lake that is near his house and it's one of those lakes that everybody goes to for summer picnics and to swim. And so it's a crowded lake and a woman, this girl D she's 16 and she has a little sister named Lulu, who is six. They go on this trip with their family to the lake. And by the end of the day, Lulu is missing. And 11 years later, they still don't know what happened to her. Ted, his house is searched and they disregard him, the police disregard him as a suspect, but his house is searched and um, a newspaper takes a picture of him standing on the porch waiting for the police to go through his house. And in the picture, you see the name of the street he lives on. So everyone knows where he lives and people throw stones through his windows and stuff. And because he's this strange guy, He just plywoods the windows. So his house is the most bizarre-looking house because he doesn't really do his yard or anything because he doesn't really care about anything. And he's got plywood instead of windows. So it's this bizarre, creepy-looking haunted house kind of thing. Now, sometimes Ted tells a story, and then he has a daughter named Lauren, and she comes sometimes. Like, you get that he doesn't have full custody of her, but she comes to visit... But the visits are like very sporadic and strange. But sometimes she tells the story and what's happening. And then sometimes Dee, who is the older sister, and 11 years later is still trying to find out what happened to our little sister. Sometimes Dee tells the story. And then Ted has this cat named Olivia, and he loves his cat. And sometimes the cat is the narrator. <laughs> it's so strange. So sometimes Olivia the cat is the narrator. And um, basically Dee... Finds this old picture and finds out where one of the suspects lives. And it's 11 years later. They had they had cleared him for whatever reason. But she comes and she ha- is determined to investigate the case herself and figure out sh- she's convinced that Ted had something to do with it. So she's just casing the house. And that's pretty much all you can really say because then the story gets very bizarre. There are not... The weird thing about this book, I mean, besides, you know, all the other stuff, is that there aren't twists. Like, there isn't a moment where they're like, dun-dun-dun, this is what happened. The author kind of decides, okay, it's time for you to know this part. And she kind of very slowly starts hinting about how this, what this is. So you you kind of feel smart because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, that. And then she'll start being like, okay. Now, 50 pages later, you're allowed to know this part of the story. So it's never this big reveal or anything. It's just this very slow unthreading of all these different plot elements to the story. By the time it was over, I felt like I needed to go back and read the book all over again. Because I truly think the book is a completely different thing once you know all the answers. Um, it was really, really intriguing. It was different than anything I've ever read. I mean, not just I me, mean, obviously the cat narrator. <laughs> I couldn't, I was like, so like, I don't understand why this cat's talking to us, but yeah, it was just very compelling. I liked it a lot. And this is, I mean, you guys know, this is not my genre. I was not real excited about reading this book. I was a little freaked out about it, but there is an awful lot of child abuse that happens in this book. Oh. So, I mean, if that is your trigger, this is, there's some horrifying abuse that happens, but it's not described in super detail. It's more like this happened kind of thing. But yeah, I thought it was pretty amazing. And I think Stephen King and Joe Hill both like gave it really glowing reviews. So, huh, which made me instantly be like, oh, this must be pretty good. Um. Uh, so that was the last house on Needless Street by Catriona Ward, and it just came out this past, like last week. So it's pretty new. Cool.
1: I'm pretty sure I was on hold for that, but if it's got, yeah, lots I think of, you would like it. I don't know. Child abuse stuff kind of freaks me out a little bit, but yeah, it's not as bad as the mental illness trigger for me. So, um. Okay, guys. My first October read of 2021 goes to, drumroll please, The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig. I really, when I started reading this book, the first thing I noticed was that it's very hard to categorize. It doesn't feel like a horror novel in a very good portion of the book, it, but it cl- very clearly is a horror novel. It's very nuanced. It's almost like a literary horror novel. And it also encompasses things like reality fluidity. So the main character, I can't remember his name, but he's an ex-cop. And he gets a phone call from his dad's lawyer. And his dad is dying. And the lawyer wants to talk to him about the will. Well, he immediately says, I'm not interested. I don't want anything from him. And he says, yeah, he said you'd say that, but he wants you to have the house. So he, he starts talking it over with his wife and their son overhears. Now, their son is an empath. He takes in people's emotions. He, can, he definitely has some kind of a thing going on. And so it's, it's difficult for him to be at school because, you know, school's full of drama. There's all kinds of shit going on at school. It's very, very difficult for him. And so he's recently gotten in trouble at school and he hears his parents talking about it and he says, I want to move. And so he calls the lawyer back and he says, okay, what's the condition? And the condition is he has to come and talk to his dad before he dies. And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, they, they figure it out and he pays $1 for the house he makes a condition with the lawyer that he wants to see his dad's dead body. He wants to make sure he's dead, basically. I know, it's really weird. His dad, you get some of the recollections and whatnot from Nate, I think is his name. And he's thinking about, you know, the abusive relationship that he's had with his father. And it's really awful, some of his memories. And so... He basically, the, the lawyer calls him up as soon as his father dies. And before they even call the ambulance, he goes in and has a look. And he sees his father's ghost. And it's pretty creepy. But at, at the time, you're like, yeah, that's, that's actually not that uncommon for people to see that kind of thing. So life goes on. They go and move into the house. As a result of that, Nate takes a job as a game warden. So he takes a job because it's kind of out in a rural area in the middle of nowhere. And they move into this old creepy mansion and they didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, having all of this extra space is kind of cool. The house is creepy, of course. Now I'll say another thing about this book. It was massive. It was a very, very large book. It was about (laughs) 500 pages, Mm. The reason that it's difficult to get into is there are so many things going on within it. But all three of the, the family, the Nate, who's the dad, the mom, I can't remember what her name is, and then their son, they've all got something going on. So you're getting the layers of different, of how their stories overlap and how they overlap with this town where he grew up and she grew up. And the you add you add in all kinds of seriously weird shit for example the mom is an artist and they get up there and all of a sudden you know she she's got some emotional shit going on and she hasn't really been creating much and all of a sudden she gets this attack of whatever you call it inspiration and she gets a chainsaw and starts going after this tree stump with it well she right. kind of blacks out she's and when she wakes up she sees this owl that she has created and then the owl flies away
3: a wooden owl
1: yeah so she's not quite sure what the hell, you know, if something like that happened to you, you'd probably keep your yap shut. You wouldn't want to tell anybody because right. it, it sounds it's like crazy. she's a little off her rocker. So there's stuff like that that happens within the book. It's so incredibly complicated that there is no way that I could explain all of it in this tiny amount of time. Suffice to say, you know, after they move into this house, the things that happen and... The past of the place and their individual pasts all start to kind of weave together into this super weird ass story. And there's even a little, like I said, reality fluidity. I I can't really call it alternate reality because it isn't. And I can't really call it time travel because it isn't. Reality is just more fluid. It's really creepy. But it ultimately, at the very heart of it, it is a horror novel. It is scary as hell. And the longer I read it, the more into it I got. After the first, I don't know, maybe 100 pages, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a horror novel at all. So for somebody who's into horror the way I am, I probably would have given up on it if the ratings on it hadn't been so high. So um, I powered through and I'm really glad I did because it was really excellent. And it was so well written. This guy is, I can't believe I've never read anything by him before. I didn't give it five stars just because it took me so long to get into it. Because I think it did a disservice to his writing to have all of that extra stuff. Even though, you know, sure, it might have been necessary, but... I don't know how I would have done it differently. I'm just saying that that's the reason that I didn't give it a higher rating. Mm. It's incredibly well written, though. And anybody who, for example, is a big fan of Stephen King or Joe Hill, I think ultimately you'll be pleased with the outcome of the book. It does get super weird at the end. Very weird. It almost flies into the fantasy section at that Mm. point because there's definitely a crossover in there. But it was so creepy that it, it, you know, it was excellent for Horror Month. And that's the reason that I reviewed it for this one. Anyway, that was called The Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig.
2: Sounds like a very you kind of book.
1: It was very me. It was very weird.
3: Did the guy grow up in that house?
1: Yeah. Okay. He grew up in that house and his dad was a total prick.
3: Yeah. An
1: abusive prick.
3: That's why I was like, I don't know that I'd want... I don't know that anything could make me go back to a house where I went through that kind of shit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the things you do for your kid. He's
3: a good dad. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was just saying. Yeah.
1: And the fact that he knew that his kid needed needed that. But when you see the way it progresses, then you kind of go, oh. Yeah. Nice job, kid. <laughs> not, not, a, not a great... Decision at the end of the day, probably, but (laughs) yeah, it gets really, really super weird. Death and destruction and total fucking craziness.
2: That's what Halloween's all about. I know, craziness.
1: Yes, the creepier the better. I even put my Halloween rug out in honor of of our Halloween reads.
3: You're funny.
1: And guess how many pumpkins are on my rug?
3: Eighteen. Three.
1: Three. Three pumpkins for three book girls. Oh,
3: oh! I didn't get that. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't.
1: I didn't either. Technically, my family has three people in it too, so
3: ah, that makes more sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. Me and me and sense. Ron and Dylan. Each of us got a pumpkin on the rug. Awesome.
3: Yeah. I don't decorate because I'm a Grinch.
1: Well, I haven't decorated for the past few years, but since COVID is starting to wane a bit. And I just feel in the need to have something celebratory happen. I feel like I need to have a party for Halloween. I've been bullying Rachel to see if I could get her to come out for Halloween mm-hmm. and stay.
2: <laughs> it could be fun. We're going to do the podcast still that Saturday, right? Yeah.
3: On Halloween yeah. night? Yeah. Okay.
0: Podcasting on Halloween.
3: Mm-hmm. I always forget when actual Halloween is because we here we do it on thursday regardless. always always on thursday See, i don't
1: get that every year i complain about it because they change trick-or-treat around to be convenient and when i was a kid yeah. october 31st was the day i don't give a shit if it was on a sunday or a tuesday Same. or a thursday right. that was the day because that's the fucking day
3: Yeah, Yeah, but they do it because they like the, they want to do it on a day when the police and the fire department aren't super busy so that they can be making the rounds and stuff.
1: That's not helpful to me, Keith. I don't like that.
3: (laughs) You don't fucking change Christmas. Dude, I hear you. I don't particularly like it either because I'm the same way. Like, well, they change it here here because of church.
1: That's why it pisses me off. Do they? (laughs) Because if it falls on a
2: Sunday or a Wednesday, they usually change it because Wednesday night church and Sunday night
1: church. Well, now everybody's changing it for everything because they get on the I, I get this notification from the neighborhood people and they're like, oh, well, when are we going to do our trick or treat? Are we going to do it on Saturday or on Sunday? (laughs) Halloween
2: is the day. It's the day. Oh, wait, Halloween is on Sunday this year. Yeah, it's okay. a Sunday. All right.
1: So I don't think oh. you should fucking change So some it. people are going to do night. it on
2: Saturday and some people, Oklahoma City's actually doing it on Sunday night. Yeah.
1: And that's why I said, oh, good. Finally, somebody's having, you know, there's that makes sense <laughs> to me, you know. So I won't miss trick or treating by podcasting.
3: No. Well, this it way on, kids can get three times the candy because it's I, all different days. I, I know that's kind of what
1: I was thinking
3: I'm when I was little. Can,
1: I'm not putting candy out two days. It'll be the day or nothing. No, but as a kid, you just go to the different
2: towns. Oh, yeah. If each right. one has it on a different no, I, night. No, I wouldn't put it out two
1: days. For uh, I see what you're saying.
2: You trick-or-treat in Oklahoma City on Sunday, and then
1: you trick-or-treat... I'll stand at the door and stick my finger out at the parents and say, what day is it right now? <laughs> is it fucking October 31st? No? Well, turn your little ass around and come back tomorrow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I'm just... I'm just being silly. Everyone's
0: afraid of Martha's house now. Yeah, they're already they're afraid. Be afraid of my house in a second because I'm going to gut my dog if she doesn't quit fucking. <laughs> <doing> robot <laughs> Rachel's
3: back.
1: I kind of like it actually. Talk to me again, Rachel. Talk to me. Talk,
3: talk to me in your sexy robot voice.
1: Come on, bring it.
3: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you talk dirty to me in your robot voice so I can have something to oh. fantasize about
0: later? <laughs> No, I have to figure out how to gut and string Abby up on the front lawn because she's pissing me off. <laughs> what did she do?
1: She's just wanting to be... Haven't p- you seen... I've been, like,
0: talking to her. Yeah. She's, like, time.
3: jumping on her the whole time yeah. you guys were talking.
0: She knocked my phone out of my hand. She's jumping on me. She's in my face. So I had to mute myself so I could, you know, silently scold her.
2: She just loves you. She wants her Rachel
1: time. Oh. You haven't been on the podcast uh, every week for a while and now she's not used to it but yeah. that's what
2: echo does every time i try to get on a friday night call that's one of the reasons why i don't get on other than the fact that a lot of times i just don't want to but every time i try to Echo's is like in my lap she's in my face she wants to she she doesn't understand you, the concept as soon of as Zoom. i hang up she goes well, and lays down on the couch and leaves
0: me alone for the rest of the night she's used to it because I do, I work from home almost every night, weekday night. It isn't like this is a new setup for her. I mean, I don't I think she just has oh, a wild hair because it's her dinner time.
2: and
0: uh, She's hungry. Oh, I mean,
1: you hid homemade. the lead on that, Rachel.
0: Yeah, I did. I buried the lead. Yeah. I saw a giant tarantula outside my work. Okay, that's creepy as fuck. It was. Thank God it was cold because, I don't know, it was like whatever, you know, those little hell creatures do when it's cold, like snakes and tarantulas, they like don't move. So I walked past it and I was like, I should just go fucking home right now because this is a sign. And, <laughs> this is a sign. and I, sure enough, that day was a shit show. And I was like, I knew it. I saw, I saw the tarantula. So instead of a black it, cat,
1: the harbinger of doom is a spider.
0: It was a black yeah. tarantula.
3: I'm not have,
2: afraid of black cats. Have you, though. Have you ever seen those um, wolf spiders that carry their babies on their backs? So oh, like yeah, show Rachel that.
3: Send that
1: to Rachel.
2: I actually, there yeah. was one time I was coming home from my second job, and there was one of those big fuckers in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: she doesn't even mince. She's like one of those big fuckers.
2: And I accidentally hit it with the door, and all of the babies started crawling off of its back. And so, th- what do you do? Do you and kill you babies? Do you kill the mom? What do you do? I'm just like, and I was on the other side of the door. So it was between me Two and words. my way out. Two words blowtorch. And yeah. I'm talking Blame. like this Blame. is 1 30 in the morning. I'd been up since like five. All these fucking spiders are all over the bathroom. I can't even get out. I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God. That is
1: a fucking nightmare, man. I'm like, I'm just going to sleep in the freaking shower tonight (laughs) i wouldn't stay in there with all those spiders what are you out of your mind
0: no no way
1: i would Mm -hmm. i would have fled the house immediately (laughs) but what do you do i'm do a you know
2: a leap over top of the where the spiders are blocking the door Ah! jam because they were between no there was no window in the bathroom oh my
1: god you're freaking me out
2: yeah i was like yeah. I, I and i was so tired i was like i don't even want to fucking deal with this right now so what did you do what was the ending i don't even remember i think i just i think they finally she, just dispersed enough that i could that i could lean. just blocked it out
1: i just went ahead and sat down had, and what do you call, what do you call that what do you call that uh, she's got ptsd, PTSD over the spider disorder. oh yeah yes yes come on rachel help us out with all those uh terms Look, well, can we see something you that traumatizes you, you so badly that you can't even remember the details
0: like a dissociative fugue
1: there we go that's, that's what, I what
0: i did what with need. the
1: spider because i
2: really you don't know
1: <laughs> if you are that much afraid of them, you can. I'm really not that afraid
2: of spiders, but that is a, I
1: just didn't want, I've you I've know, actually had that happen. I went to step on a spider in the basement in Casper when we lived there. And I stepped on it and all the spiders went. Yeah. In oh, all different directions. And I screamed and ran upstairs and said,
0: run. Don't go to the bathroom in a basement ever.
1: Yeah. No. There's always spiders down there. Always. We should have rules about, you know how I was watching Zombie Land the other night and you know he's got rules. Yes. Mm -hmm. We should have rules for spiders. Double
0: tap. I love the double tap and cardio.
1: (laughs) See, it all fits into the
2: spider thing.
0: (laughs) All it tells me is that
2: if we ever had a zombie apocalypse like that, I would die quickly.
0: I would want to. If they're Dawn of the Dead zombies, I'm screwed in the first five minutes. Those assholes are fast. Like if they're slow, maybe I'll make it a week. But if they're fast, I mean,
2: I'm just jumping out into a herd. Cause, I mean, <laughs> jumping out into a herd. <laughs> just so take, me, take me now. Yeah. Except I think Truly, I would just I want somebody to shoot in. me in the head because I wouldn't want to become a zombie.
1: See, that's the hard right. part. That's what
3: I mean. The zombie's yes, dilemma.
1: True. If you kill yourself, you then come back and are a zombie.
3: But I'm, No, I that's said... only if you get bitten. No, yeah.
1: not in The Walking no. Dead
3: not everybody's got
1: the
0: virus but in dawn of the dead that's the case but i'm with bonnie too i'm going to change my story because i don't feel like being eaten to death would be pain-free but yeah
1: yeah something a little quicker yeah yeah and
2: yeah
1: and if you get yeah and you go right to the brain then you don't become a zombie yeah
2: i mean maybe i'll be a cool ass zombie
1: Maybe you would be yeah. a cool ass zombie. I remember that one book that Kelly rec- uh, that Kelly read that one year about warm zombies bodies. in love, warm bodies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a zombie romance. I
0: mean, Tom, Tom could survive, right? He's fast. He's a, he's not. But me, I'd be like, "Bro, listen, <laughs> it's been a good one, but the apocalypse is here, and this is where we part ways." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's that
0: spider finally
1: yeah you showed me already thanks well did you want to show it to
3: rachel oh
0: i thought you were too early. you guys are frozen so i can't see anything if you hold it to the camera ah!
3: keith saw it that's not cool pretty oh yeah let's terrifying. put it on the podcast to give every on the website and give everybody nightmare i mean do you want me to send it to you too
2: keith i mean this is a pretty fucking cool spider me, yes, rachel it. what do you think about that spider hmm? um well
0: i want to gouge my eyes out and pour gasoline all over myself but <laughs> it's
3: oh, <awesome>. uh, <laughs> pretty awesome spider isn't it that would be a really good horror book just a picture of that spider on every page <laughs> just All have right. that and on the cover turning the pages thinking it, on an will be ebook
1: there. on an ebook every time you went to swipe to the next page a spider would Another run off baby comes on yes. <laughs>
0: it would like run
1: across the page yes
2: oh.
0: i would rather set my actual self on fire than like have to encounter or hold that thing if somebody's hilarious. like you can hold this thing for five seconds or set yourself on fire i'm just, just light me up
2: be setting yourself <laughs> sure. on fire I've had a good life <laughs>
0: yeah but i whole- can probably survive like it's fine
1: <laughs> i know what you're getting for christmas oh mm. shit i will murder you <laughs>
3: a real spider and she knows how to dispose of the bodies remember <laughs> yeah just listen to the intro
1: if you don't see me next podcast you'll know that rachel's dreams have come true and i've been dealt with for my blasphemous behavior that
2: you're in a shallow grave somewhere covered with the spiders that you try yep. to scare spiders her
1: crawling in and out of my orifices Mhm. Mm-hmm. that's really gross.
2: She just went ahead and just put the eggs all on the Okay, end that. that's arachnophobia
0: when they have the, the have you ever and the spider crawls like out of the gut of the day. yes <laughs> okay, Yeah. Okay
1: okay, oh. okay, 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 okay. We're done. More next week. That's for a month and that's going to do it for
0: three book girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram follow them on tiktok youtube and check out their website at threebookgirls.com and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production